Hey, welcome. We're glad you're here this morning. A special welcome to our first-time guest today. If you take a moment and fill out a connection card, we appreciate that, and put it in the basket when it's uh, passed around later at the end of our service. We're here to uh, love the Lord together. We, you know, we have a uh, we have a world that's so divided. We have a nation that's divided. Uh, we, because of communication, we have things that are constantly coming at us uh, online and breaking news and uh, different opinions and uh, everybody at each other in so many ways. I'm so thankful we come here. We come here to be united under one head, Jesus Christ. And he is a great unifier. And I'm thankful for that today, that we can leave all that behind and, uh, and just focus on one thing, and that's exalting the name of the Lord. The Apostle Paul was writing to the Christians in Rome And he said, may the God who gives you encouragement and endurance also give you the same mind, uh, attitude toward one another as Christ Jesus did, uh, so that with one mind and one voice, you can praise the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so that's what we're here to do today. With one mind and one voice, we are going to exalt the name of the Lord together. So let's guard our own hearts and let's make sure that happens. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for, for the very presence of you among us today and in us. We thank you, Father, that we're one name alone is the one we care about, ultimately the name of Christ Jesus the Lord. And I am thankful, Father, that we can meet here for the express purpose of growing in him, encouraging one another, and enduring enduring uh, in this life of faith to the very end we stand before you thank you for these children father who have reminded us about what true greatness is it's about being a servant of all and i pray with that spirit we will live our lives and we'll even worship that way today father in jesus name amen open your bibles to first corinthians chapter 12 first corinthians chapter 12 while you do that, two weeks from tonight on November 13th at 6 o'clock in the sanctuary is our annual congregational meeting. We meet for, uh, once a year for two purposes, to approve the new budget for 2017 and to affirm our leaders in the new year as well. So if that interests you, you'd like to be a part of that, uh, 6 o'clock for our members, uh, members only, uh, 6 o'clock, November 13th. In the New Testament, there are three primary pictures that are given by which we can understand Uh, what the church, what the nature of the church is. One is uh, as a bride. Now, I've officiated at a lot of weddings, and I've attended a lot of weddings, but there's only so far I can go to relating to a bride. I just can't go too far. And so it's limited in its picture. Uh, The church is also referred to as a temple, a building. And um, I can certainly appreciate architecture, and I do, and I value the way things are built, and I appreciate, uh, you know, a stone, a cornerstone and what it's there for, and I appreciate lots of facets, but I guarantee you, you don't want me to touch your house when it comes to building or remodeling. I will be sure to destroy it. I'm limited in my understanding of the building process. The third great picture we have is as a human body. Now, that I can relate to because I have one. In fact, nobody's here today who hasn't brought along with them their own bodies. We are all here, and we can relate to the church being like a human body. And that's what the Apostle Paul does in our text today. Verse 12, 1 Corinthians 12. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, 
so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. This text provides us with a basic grasp of the significance of being the church. And inspired by the Holy Spirit, Paul uses this metaphor to teach us. It's our responsibility as members of the body of Christ together to get in shape and to stay in shape. Three main things I want to challenge you. First of all, claim our unity. Claim our unity. Verse 12 begins by saying the body is a unit. Because of that, unity is highly significant. And this is picture of the church being a human body is more than a metaphor. It is a deep spiritual reality. Jesus Christ, of course, is an eternal person. He has always existed, and he has no end. He has no beginning, and he's Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, the beginning of the end. But there's a certain time in human history when he stepped into our world, and he put on flesh. He ate like we do. He drank like we do. He smelled like we do, like a person. He, he engaged with people. You could touch him. You could hug him. You could, you could shake his hand. Hug, whatever you do to a regular person. He was a regular person. He was betrayed. He was executed on a cross. He died, was buried on the third day. He rose from the dead. Forty days after that, he ascended into heaven and was given a place of honor at his father's right hand. He was exalted there as Lord over all. And yet today, I announce to you that Jesus Christ is on the earth. He is on the earth through the lives of his people, the body of Christ joined together. We are his body on earth, literally. As, as his people joined together with him under him the head. Now, as a little boy, I first heard this verse. I've always liked it. Christ has no hands but our hands to do his work today. He has no feet but our feet to lead men in his way. He has no voice but our voice to tell men how he died. He has no heart but our heart to lead them to a side. So we are called to unity. We're not called to make it. We're called to claim it. Accompanied, we do this by, it's accomplished by the Holy Spirit in us. He puts us in the body, and he, he creates unity, and we are to claim it. Now, two things to remember. First of all, there is a distinction. There is a functional unity, a functional unit, meaning that every part, every member of the body has its part to play, and there is beauty in that. The hand has a job, the foot has a job, and when you are born again, you are put into the body of Christ. Now, some are a part of the body simply theologically and not functionally. 
That is, in a cognitive sense, they know they're a part of the body of Christ, but in what comes to practice or function, there is no identifiable way where they contribute to the health of the body of Christ. I have this ring on my right hand there that I take off sometimes. It, is a, it says serenity on it. It spins in the middle. I like it a lot, and I wear it for different reasons. But I, that's an attachment to my body. It's not my body. I can put it on and take it off. There are some people in churches that are like that. They're more like an attachment to the body than a member of the body. Or there might be times in our lives when we behave more like an attachment than a body and than a member and we run hot and cold. Friends and brothers and sisters, that ought not be. We have an identifiable part of the body of Christ and God uses us to make the body better. That's his desire. What God does with those who are only attached and not performing as a member, I don't know. That's his business. But I do know that his desire is that we all function well in the place that he has given us to serve. It's, it's functional unity, but it's also a spiritual unity. Most of you have probably been downtown to Banker, Banker's, Field, Banker's Life Fieldhouse. And across the street on, on Georgia Street, you see this statue. And when you first see it, you got to go over and look at it because it looks so weird. It's, of course, of John Wooden, Coach John Wooden, and uh, he's uh, there. Obviously, it's a timeout, and uh, the, the players are, are uh, represented by these legs, legs only. And it grabs people's attention. you got to go look at it because what are these legs doing there? It makes sense. That's an odd statute. That's what gets their attention. But it's no more odd than saying I'm in a church, but I'm, I'm unattached to the torso. I mean, it, it, it doesn't work. It doesn't. It, the, the, the God's body, as church, is not dysfunction that way. Our body, physical bodies don't function that way. Uh, in fact, it's so odd that people would stare. And so it is with the body of Christ. Verse 13 says, For by one spirit we were all baptized in one body. Unity is created by the Holy Spirit. When you and I were immersed in water into Jesus Christ, at the very same time, the Holy Spirit was immersing us into the body of Christ. They're indivisible. And the first day of the church, the Bible says the Lord added to their number, that is the church, daily those who were being saved. So to be saved is also to be a member of the body of Christ. Ephesians 5.18 says, be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. The verb tense there uh, in the Greek language suggests it's an ongoing responsibility to make sure that is still happening that I am still welcoming the Holy Spirit to be fully alive in me as I align myself, and part of that is serving Him in the way I should. Ephesians 4.8 says, Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. So we are called to cooperate with the Holy Spirit as He creates unity. He creates it. None of us make unity happen. He creates it. It's our responsibility to maintain it, and that's what we're involved with. So let's claim it, and let's maintain it. Claim unity. Second of all, celebrate diversity. We are one unit, but we have different kinds of people, and aren't you glad for that? I'm so glad, as I mentioned last week, that we're not all the same. We're all very different from each other. God has put, the text tells us, the members of the body together just as he sees fit. 
Now, no offense to you engineer people, but you do make mistakes. It's why cell phones catch fire. And it, it's, it's why cribs, you know, they stop making, or it's why cars get recalled. There's in, there are engineering flaws that happen, right? It happens. Now, I'm not an art aficionado. Uh, probably most of you aren't. But you do know this painting, I'm sure. Uh, who did this? Picasso, right? How weird. You know, that's just odd, isn't it? And I want you to know, if I were engineering the human body, that's probably what it would look like. <laughs> that's probably better than what it would look like, you know? Aren't you glad that when God created us, he, he did it in a marvelous way? If I would have done it, my nostrils probably would have pointed up and I, we would have risked drowning every time we, it rained. <laughs> or what if the mouth were above the eyes and every time I ate a sandwich, crumbs would get in my eyes, you know? I mean, God placed everything exactly in the human body as it's supposed to be. He does the same thing. Whatever congregation of people you ever align with, wherever you worship, there is a place for you and there's a place for you to be so that that particular body is able to function in the way God has called them to function. The same thing true of this body. And if there's anybody in the body of Christ here who does not have an identifiable way where they're contributing to the health of the body, this body, this particular body, is not yet, Plainfield Christian Church, is not yet where God wants us to be. Because everybody, everybody is put here for a reason. We, are, we, 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 we want to celebrate that kind of diversity. Keep these things in mind. First, we are different from each other. Therefore, we can't be jealous. We can't be envious. We can't be coveting somebody else's gift that is fleshly. You and I have been gifted uniquely for, you, for unusual purposes, different from anybody else. And so, if the foot starts griping... Well, I want to be more public. I want to be where the hand is. Well, if you, if you could even do that and put the foot on the, where the hand is, that might be fine until you go to grab your coffee. You know, and suddenly, you, know, you can't do it because the foot's not designed to grab a cup of coffee, right? So God, God based on how the foot, foot is to function, designed it perfectly in the way that he designed it to be right where it is. And because the, the ear isn't the eye, he doesn't gripe about his particular job and where he's located. And the whole, what if the whole body were just one part? That's what the text says. Have you ever felt that way? I have. Earlier this year when I was in Ukraine, I got up on Sunday morning to preach. I looked in the mirror and overnight I had what appeared to be a zit in the middle of my nose. I didn't know they could come so fast. And it was large. Now, I already have a big enough nose. I don't need more attention pointed to it. And, and you know, I did everything I could to try to hit it or whatever, to uh, pop it, you know, whatever. And it just got worse. What ended up, when I got home, it was a staph infection that was coming out of my body. But that particular day, I tell you, I felt like one big nose everywhere I went. When I met somebody, they looked right at my nose. They didn't look at my eyes. They looked at my nose. And I know they wanted to say, what is wrong? You know? But they were being kind, and they just didn't do it. And I, I felt like, I said, hi, I'm Steve Nose. I'm Steve White. You know, that, that's, that's how it was. You know, I, what, sometimes if, 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 if you have a flaw, 
you feel like everybody sees it, everybody knows it. What if God made us all just one part of the body? I mean, he didn't do that. But what he did, he just, he, he made all these different parts of our human bodies so they fit together perfectly and then melded together as in the church, we are the body that functions so well together. That's, that's a beautiful picture of what we share together. So be thankful for who you are. And also, not only are we different from each other, but we're dependent on each other. The eye needs the ear. The foot can't say, I don't feel important enough. All I got, I'm surrounded by this smelly sock all day. And I want some air. So please don't wear shoes this week or sock. Well, that's silly. You can't do that. I mean, because, I mean, there are people in the world that do, but they pay the price for it. Imagine you're walking down the railroad tracks and there's a freight train coming behind you, and you're just an eye. And so your ear, there's this ear saying, hey, there's a train coming. And you say, uh-uh, uh-uh, there's no train coming. And your, your ear keeps telling you, it's getting closer. Uh-uh, there's no train. And then your, your, your sense of smell says, don't you smell the fuel? It's getting closer. Uh-uh, I don't smell anything. I, I just see, I, there's nothing coming. There's no train. It's a silly picture. The, 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 the parts of the body work together to warn that person to get out of the way. And so it is in the body of Christ. Each part does its work. There's a mutual dependence that we share together. No one person is authoritative. There is no one person in any realm that runs the show around here. I am not a CEO. I work with a team of leaders together. There are no top dog elders that call the shots. We're all a team together that pray together for God's will to be best accomplished in this place. And we're always acknowledging there is one head, Jesus Christ. And that's the only head that we care about. And so we help each other toward that all the time. So we, 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 we claim our unity. We celebrate our unity and, and our, our, our diversity. And then third, we, we concentrate on harmony. We concentrate on harmony. Verse 25 says... So that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. Equal concern. 1 Peter 3.8 says, Finally, all of you live in harmony with one another. Be sympathetic. Love as brothers. Be compassionate and humble. We probably ought to read that verse out of Peter every day. We live in this fractured world. We live in this... You know, we think we're speaking in ways that bring our country together and our world together. And the harder we try, the more division there is, don't you think? Why? Because it's based on man's efforts. And man's efforts are always limited. They're always limited. Some good things can happen, but there, there's always going to be limitations in it all. Uh, you know, Justin, my son, is attending a conference as we call Mosaic. And because where he preaches in Columbus, there's such a number of nations that are there because of Cummins. And uh, they're, 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 they're those from India and China and Korea and other parts of the world. And they even have an ethnic parade every fall celebrating their, their diverse population. And the conference he's going to is how to be a church where there are a lot of, 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 of diversity in the church. But that addresses diversity racially. There's also diversity in other ways. So, and, and I trust that our church in 10 years will have... We'll have uh, more diversity in our staff. We'll have more diversity in the members of our church. As our, as our communities change around us, uh, our, our church will need to continue reflecting that, and I hope we do. 
But in, that, in the process, we're going to be challenged in the matter of harmony. And we want to concentrate on harmony that pleases the Lord. You know, uh, Justice Scalia earlier this year uh, died. And Scalia was a conservative uh, in the court. And, uh, you know, serving with him was a liberal like Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And Scalia was being interviewed one time because um, about, they were asking about the socializing of the justices outside the work that they do for our country. Uh, because word was out that Scalia, every year on Ruth Bader Ginsburg's birthday, he sent her roses. And they wondered, you know, how, how you could be so different on the court and uh, be strong toward one another and then treat each other like that. And Scalia had a great response. He said, I attack ideas, I don't attack people. Some very good people have some very bad ideas. And if you can't separate the two, you'd better get another job. You know, in the body of Christ, does it mean we're always going to agree with everything? No. We're going to have different opinions and ideas, uh, suggestions. We're not always going to land at the same place in our opinions. But even when we're different, we're going to honor each other, accept one another, and we're going to work on harmony all together. Why? Because the name above all names is at stake. And we want to learn to work together to honor the head, Jesus Christ. Now, these five things about a healthy body, I'll just touch on them quickly. First of all, in a healthy body, every part knows its job. Do you? Do you know your job today as a member of the body of Christ? When you woke up, you didn't say to your hand, hand, now it's time to pull back covers. Foot, go to the floor. You didn't do that. They were the natural, it was a natural part of being connected to the head. They just know what their part is by the way God has designed the body. You need to know what your ministry is in the body of Christ. Second, in a healthy body, all parts are equally important. Now, when you think about the parts of us that are seen, really a small percentage of our bodies are exposed to the public, right? And even, even, even in our bodies as a whole, how much do you really see? You see the, we see the surface. We don't see beneath all the things. One of our elders uh, Mike Eckerd uh, had his parathyroids removed a couple weeks ago. When's the last time you thought of your parathyroid? When, when I knew that, how many know what the parathyroid does? Oh, you're lame. You don't even know what your parathyroid does. No. Well, I didn't either, so before I went to the hospital, I just Googled parathyroid. You know, calcium in the blood, okay. Oh, Mike, you're having trouble with calcium levels, huh? Well, I tried to be impressive. You know, it didn't work. Uh, so he had too much calcium in his blood. That's what the parathyroid does. His calcium levels were too high. So the parathyroid deals with that level. And we have four of them in our neck region, and they're each the size of about a grain of rice. And so they went in and took two out and immediately looked at his blood while in surgery, knew it wasn't low enough, and went ahead and took the, a third one out to level it. I mean, that's how quickly the, blood, blood, the calcium level changed in the blood. So if you know Mike and see him and say, Mike, there's something different. Oh, yeah, it's your parathyroid. Don't have a parathyroid. On. <laughs> now, you, there's parts of our body we never give a thought to. Most of the members of the body of Christ and the service that we render go unnoticed, probably not appreciated or valued. But without the service that we each render, whether privately or publicly, you know, something just doesn't work right. Something doesn't work right. 
Every part, every part has to know its job. Each one is equally important. Now, because I'm a preacher, it looks like I'm the most important, but that really is not true. I can drop dead right now, and what's going to happen this week on the church calendar? Nothing. There'll only be a funeral added. That's it. This church will meet together for worship next week. The preaching of the word will go on. Worship will go on. Plainfield Christian Church will go on like always. Now, what would happen if we didn't have any nursery workers rocking babies this morning? We'd have some babies. We'd have some families probably not come back next week because it's too hard to worship without, without trying to manage babies and worship, right? So there's a sense in which they are of more value than I am. We're more likely to go forward without me than without them. Each part is equally important. Third, in a healthy body, stronger parts assist weaker parts. And in life of the body of Christ, there's always going to be weaker parts. There's always going to be people you care about and you wonder what's happening. They're going through times of weak faith. They're being challenged in their faith. And, 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 or they're infants in Christ. And they need special care for this particular time of their life before they're on solid footing in Christ. And so we walk with them. We help them. That's part of the process. And so, and so stronger ones help weaker ones. And then when the weaker ones get stronger, they'll be able to exercise help to the weaker ones then. Fourth, in a healthy body... Healthy parts help hurting parts. You know, there are some that just hurt at different times. Uh, and sometimes those hurts are visible. Sometimes they're not. For the last several months, I've been dealing with sciatica, and I try not to limp around people. And, you know, it's, I basically have it when I'm driving my car, terrible pain down my thigh, my leg, my ankle sometimes. Now, I thought it was a leg problem. You know, if I went to the doctor, he said, oh, that's sciatic, which is rooted in the lower back. And some of you have had the same problems because it, while it may look like something, if I happen to limp, well, what's wrong with your ankle? Nothing's wrong. That's not the source of it. So sometimes you can read people wrongly, like you, like, uh, you must be hurting today. You, you're physically in pain, but there could be a relational hurt. There could, be a, there could be a spiritual hurt going on or a physical hurt, any numbers of hurt, and we want to get to the source and help and, 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 and deal with that and love people through all kinds of hurts. The church is organized. It is an organization, but it's more than that. It's more an organism. Organism is living. It's moving. It's active. And so when there's a weaker part, if it's just an organization, what do you do with the weak parts? You cut them off. You downsize. Not in the body of Christ. All the, all the stronger parts surround and help the, the one, the, the hurting place, the hurting part get stronger and get healthy. And finally, in a healthy body, there is coordination and growth. There's coordination and growth. And we operate according to the brain's direction. We have one head, Jesus Christ, as I've already announced, and we function under that head. And that head sends messages in our human body through the neural system so that we, our body responds properly and is coordinated. If something happens along that neural pathway, the body will function. If we fail to understand the meaning of the body of Christ, if we don't get this, we'll never be who God wants us to be. We need to take God's word seriously. So in your bulletins day, you'll take out, there's a card in there. Maybe you've looked at it already, and if you didn't pick up a bulletin when you came in, make sure you do that, or just go to our website. Everything on here is on the website. Our website is newly developed, and you might want to go there to see people's stories, and uh, uh, you can go to the web, and it guides you. I went there last night to make sure it was an easy thing to navigate, to walk through. There's a spiritual gifts assessment there. There's a tool thing you can go through to figure out what is my spiritual gift. It has the top 10 places in the life of our body where we need help the most right now. That will fluctuate in time. So you can either, you can either go to the hub, the connection center, and get direction there, or you can go to the website. 
and just follow the tools that are there, the resources that are there. You can fill out this card for a lunch and learn that will be on November 20th at 12.15, right after this service in the hub, a free lunch to get further information, help, and understanding giftedness and how your gift fits in the life of the body of Christ as it pertains here to Plainfield Christian Church. So three ways, in person at the hub, online, go to the lunch and learn. There are three different ways to easily get the help you need if you're going to be serious about what we're teaching in the Word of God. Because suggest you go to a doctor and the... uh, You have a physical, at the end of your physical, the doctor says, you know what, you are one magnificent specimen. Never seen anything like it. And you're out of there floating on air, you're ready to conquer the world. The next day, you go up a flight of steps, and you get this pressure in your chest, and there's a tightening in your shoulders, uh, your left shoulder is hurting, there's there's this uh, tingling down your arm, and you're short of breath. And you know, those are all signs of heart issue. So you go back to your doctor, and you say, Doc, something's wrong. You said it's a magnificent specimen, but but I'm having all these feelings. He says, well, really, you're no more fit than the Pillsbury Doughboy. At what? Well, why didn't you tell me that when I was here yesterday? Well, I don't like to make people feel bad, you know, and I want them to just keep coming back as patients. If I tell them, if I tell them what they're like, you know, you know, they could panic and they may decide to go to another doctor, and I just want people to be happy. Well, how ridiculous. It's just as ridiculous for us to come together as the body of Christ to hear the truth of God announced and walk away without doing anything about what we've just heard. It would be foolish for you to come every week and I just tell you what you need to hear to make you feel really happy about yourself. We have the great physician who is always looking at his body, the body of Christ, and he's giving a diagnosis. And I'm confident he would look over the body of Christ as it is here in Plainfield Christian. And he would say, you know, you're not really as healthy as you should be. Because there's some members of your body that just aren't working right. And I suggest that you help those members of the body know where they best fit in. And you'll be on your way to getting a good report. Let's be a church like that. Not only today, but every time we come together, what does the great physician have to say to us? So that we can be healthier and better for him. For the glory of Christ. Now, if you have not been born again, you'll never achieve your potential. I said that last week. I repeat it again. If you've not been born again, you can never receive your potential because all of us end up being under the wrath of God because the Bible says we've all sinned and, and we've, we've rebelled against him. But if you stay there, you can never be. You can only be a slave to sin. That's what the Bible says. You may not feel it, but that's the truth. And so we need Jesus Christ as our Savior and Redeemer to cleanse us from our sin. That happens when we're baptized into Christ in water. And then we're re- the blood of Christ cleanses us, not the water. The blood does it. And then we are resurrected from the death of our sins and we live new lives. And then at the same moment, he puts us into the body of Christ as a member to, contributing, to, to contribute to the health of the body of Christ. That's the truth. That's the diagnosis. That's the truth. If you've not been born again, may today be your day. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we are thankful, so thankful to be in the body of Christ. So much so, Father, that I I pray that none of us will fail to serve you well as as we are united under the head, Jesus. I pray, Father, that he will reign supremely in each of us and collectively that every member will increasingly 
know our part so that we will not miss your best for us and we can be the body that best praises you serving together in love. May Jesus Christ be highly honored as we welcome this teaching into our lives.